Well, here we are, just two more episodes of Patriarch to go, and this penultimate uh, episode is probably my all-time favourite. The reason is very simple. I love the story of Abraham for the real raw humanity we see in each and every character, and then we see how that humanity reveals the glory of God in a way which gives hope to me in my little life up here in the highlands of Scotland as it has to all peoples everywhere throughout all time. Hope that as Abraham was to discover through his fullness of faith the faithfulness of God so I can know it too. And this little episode is so beautiful. We've met Rebecca, that free-spirited, adventurous, uh, wonderful young lady. And of course, we've known Isaac on the journey too and experienced the lostness he must have felt in his grief. And in this episode, they meet for the first time in all their uncertainty and awkwardness and they discover love. A pure, deep love. And as Abraham watches on, he knows the journey is done. The promise of God is secure. He is faithful, as he is to us today. Enjoy, tell me what you think, and tell others too of this wonderful, wonderful story. Here we go. Patriarch, chapter 8, part 2. Six. The emotions were given no respite until the party were out of sight of the town, and even then some of the children hung on to the end of the caravan for no particular purpose, but just because they could. Eventually even they got tired and realised how far they had to go back again and so gave up. Rebecca gave them one last wave as they stopped and watched her go. Then as she turned back to the road ahead, it hit her. This time, the day before, she'd been going about her daily business, totally unaware of the massive change which lay just hours ahead. Of course, she dreamed of being introduced to the man with whom she would set up life and family, but she never expected her world of dreams and a world of reality to coincide that day. It certainly never crossed her mind that they might when she offered to water the camels for the kindly old man. He was a very excitable and evidently likeable old man, but not exactly the sort of man she dreamed of. She served him because someone had to. She could, and so she did. She did most things like that. She just did. (laughs) People liked her for it and she liked being like it. It made life fresh and exciting, but she knew she owed much to her family for allowing it. Her brothers would never be as strict on her as her dead father would have been. And her dear mother, well, she was just that, dear. (laughs) Rebecca loved her and all of them, for the freedom they gave her and the confidence this gave her. But now she'd left them. She just did it. (laughs) Then for a moment, doubt 
crept in. The going had been hugely emotional. It had been a rush, like all her life was. Last-minute packing and spontaneous choices of what to take and what to leave. Decisions which would have impact for years were made in seconds. It was fun. (laughs) Then when all was ready to go, her family blessed her. They sang to her and prayed over her and it was so special. For all her outward liveliness, there was an inner life to her too. She kept this more private, because it was, and anyway, she didn't fully understand it. She wasn't confident about revealing those aspects of herself over which she was less confident. She was, though, moved by what was said over her. Our sister, may you increase to thousands upon thousands. May your offspring possess the gates of their enemies. Now, she wasn't so sure about the thousands. She wanted boys, but just two would do. She wanted boys who would make a difference. They would be strong, but sensitive. They would defy convention, just as she had. Their father would be so proud of them. But it was then that it hit her. Just as she and her maids were mounting their camels, she didn't know her son's father. She had agreed to go, but knew nothing of the man she was going to marry. Nor, come to that, did any of those she trusted. Her brothers, her mother, all those to whom she turned, knew nothing of the one she had so easily announced she would marry. The thought struck her just as the camels were smacked into life and swayed onto their feet and it was too late now. They were going and then they were gone. All that was left to her were those few maids she'd been given and it was to one of those she turned. Deborah had been a second mother to her. She had nursed and cared for her since she was a baby and used to joke that Rebecca needed her more now in her adulthood than she ever did as a child. (laughs) Rebecca had always laughed at this, at least until now. Life had been an adventure, and she needed no one. She lived it and she loved it. But now as she embarked upon the greatest adventure of her life, she had to admit she was pleased her nurse was going with her. Eliezer was pleased to have her along too. Deborah was a wise servant, one he trusted to tell him much about the family and the girl. Although he had engineered it, he too had found the going something of a whirlwind. The entourage was bigger than he'd imagined, and he'd consequently left fewer camels behind than he had intended. He was also aware that not all the women were used to travelling and the journey could turn into a long one. Rebecca's was obviously a wealthy family. He knew and expected that. It was in many ways a conservative family, but not totally so and not Rebecca. Who best to tell him about the girl he'd met late the previous evening and taken away the following morning than her nurse? 
And so they rode side by side and exchanged stories of their master and mistress, cagely at first, but as the hours passed, more freely, honestly, and even with humour. Both liked what they heard. The Lord was in it, and Eliezer was thrilled to discover both of them knew it. As the journey went by, though, Eliezer spent less time talking with Deborah and more time with Rebecca herself. Although the truth was he listened far more than he talked and answered far more questions than he asked. The girl had a life and a joy about her which was contagious, and even her endless questions weren't exhausting. It was the manner in which she asked them which made the difference. Rebecca dominated attention with her beauty and spirit, but never sought it. It just happened. And perhaps her greatest beauty wasn't physical, although she was undeniably very attractive. Her true beauty was her heart. Her humility, even. She made you believe in yourself as much as in her. She turned everything into an adventure, even the most mundane. Riding a camel, cooking a meal, and yes, drawing water. Every water hole she would cheekily bow before Eliezer and ask him if she could water his camels too. And the old servant found himself joking back. He would respond that she may, but only if she married his master's son. She would then deliberate for a bit before apparently grudgingly agreeing. (laughs) Eliezer found himself enjoying the trip so much. There was even just a hint of regret as one evening they came over the crest of a slight hill to see the fields around the springs of Bathsheba before them. A man sat in the fields, meditating. He meditated a lot these days. He liked to reflect. He'd learned to do so with his father, but these days he did so alone. It wasn't that he didn't get on with Abraham, he loved him. It was just that since his mother's death he'd experienced an emptiness which no one else could fill. His father had understood his need for space and had allowed him to move a short distance apart to a spring where there was a real sense of the Lord's presence. It was unusually named Beer Lahoy Roy, or the well of the living one who sees me. He didn't know why it was called this, but felt an affinity with whoever had named it so. Isaac's problem was he seemed to know so little about anything. For all his father's understanding of him, he had so little understanding of his father. He hadn't understood the distance between him and uh, Sarah before her death. He'd then been surprised by the depth of passion and grief Abraham had expressed upon seeing his mother's body. Next, he'd been shocked by the abrupt change and serenity which Abraham had suddenly acquired. And he had since then been bemused by his father's apparent denial of his mother's death. He talked as though she lived, and had even erected her tent in his camp by the wells. Isaac would visit the tent when visiting his father. But sadly, all he felt in it was his emptiness. And so, 
he would sit out in the fields alone, whether in Beersheba or back home in Bear Lahoi Roy, alone with his God, the God who he believed could restore life, but who hadn't. Alone, sitting and waiting for God, and now, so his father told him, a wife. He'd come to meet her. A messenger had arrived to say Eliezer was bringing her, and he'd been summoned and had come, curious but capable of little more. Therefore he sat in the fields as the sun set again another day. He looked up to watch its final descent, which would mark the time for his return to camp and bed. But instead he saw camels approaching and stood to try to make out the caravan more clearly. The increasing gloom frustrated him and, so intrigued, he began to walk towards them. As they descended the hill into the field, Rebecca's view of Isaac was a little clearer, but not much. She'd been tired and her head had dropped before Eliezer had told her to look up because Bathsheba lay ahead. When she looked, though, she didn't see the camp. She saw a man. It was only his outline, but intuitively she knew who it was. She pulled up abruptly and got down off her camel. She looked again and then went over to Eliezer, who had also seen the man and had also pulled up his camel. He sat, she stood, and both watched the man heading their way. Just for a while, both silently studied the approaching figure while Rebecca plucked up the courage to ask, Who is that man in the field coming towards us? Eliezer didn't answer immediately, and Rebecca began to wonder whether he'd heard. Then just as she was about to repeat the question, he gave the answer she expected and hoped for. He looked at Isaac and said, He is my master. And with that, all her confidence drained away. Her first response was to draw her veil across her face and cover herself. It was what virgins did before their husbands. It was beautiful and meaningful. Rebecca had kept herself for this moment of total unveiling. But her act was more than that. She felt an excitement, a fulfilment, but also a little nervousness and fear. She was grateful to the veil which hid not just her face, but the stories it told. She had never felt this awkward before a man. She'd always had a very free relationship with men. When her father had died, she'd drawn close to her brothers, and they'd treated her almost as an equal. Consequently, she felt more at ease and able to hold her own in male company than other women. And that was probably why she was able to be so assured before Eliezer that momentous evening by the well. Yet for all her freedom, she'd never been anything but appropriate in all her dealings with men. 
and none had ever been given the impression of any possibility of intimacy or desire on her part. There was a purity and a wholeness she'd kept for this very moment, and now suddenly it had arrived. On the journey there, she'd been dreaming of all that it could be. But this was no reality. She hadn't expected it to come so quickly. Part of her wanted to run away and hide. She was inexperienced, unsure, awkward and ignorant of both a man and what he wanted of her. She waited, covered almost deathly in between two worlds. She'd been taken from and had died to the old world she knew, and now she waited to be unveiled in and born to a strange new one which she desired, but feared. For this moment, though, she was no one, nowhere, and stood anonymously veiled. Now he stood before her, and she could see him, even though he couldn't see her. She could sense him too. She could sense his awkwardness. He was also nervous, the nervousness she felt of one who was entering into a new world, and she was reassured. But there was more to this man. Even if she'd never known a man physically, she understood them. She liked to think she knew how they felt. In Isaac, she sensed a depth, a sensitivity, a love, a loss, and a lostness. She was excited, intrigued, drawn, and sympathetic. She was also relieved. The way he took her hand and led her through the fields, the way he opened first the flap of the tent and then, so slowly and expectantly, the veil of her garment, the way he stopped, stood and looked first into her eyes, all told her of the man. She wanted to give herself to him. She wanted him to have her and to find himself. He still stood there looking, unsure of what to do or say next. So to help him, she smiled. To her, it was just a smile. But to him, it was so much more. It was a restoration and a healing. Closure for the past an opening of the future. Outwardly he was no less awkward, but inwardly something had shifted. From then on, this tent, like his his heart, no longer belonged to his mother. A new day was dawning. That night he took Rebecca as his wife. They lay together and became one husband and wife. 
He had known her only those few hours, but already he loved her and was comforted and fulfilled by her. The sun was now rising and he could live again. After Eliezer had introduced Isaac to Rebekah and told him all that he had done, he went to report to Abraham. Never in all his years of service had he had such good news to give to his old friend. Abraham was grateful. Grateful to Eliezer and to God. Grateful for Rebekah and grateful for everything life had given him. He was also at peace. That night he made his way slowly out of his tent and stood a respectful distance from Sarah's tent and remembered. He remembered again the times he'd entered there, sometimes excitedly to tell of his meetings with God, sometimes awkwardly to say sorry for his failings, once driven by lust for a maidservant, once drawn by the news of the birth of his son. He remembered the laughter which came from that tent. First joyful, next cynical, and then joyful again. For a while all had been silence, but now laughter had returned. Isaac had taken his wife and now Abraham prayed the promise of God was secure. He stood for a while musing and then he looked up to heaven and saw countless stars filling the sky. He had believed and the Lord had been faithful. He'd walked the road of faith and surely now his journey was over, and finally he could rest. You're listening to the Patriarch Podcast. For more information, you can go to BibleNovels.com where you can become a Patreon supporter to support Overseas Mission.